Welcome to the Inside Aesthetics podcast. We host real conversations with real experts from around the world. Away from the filtered bubble of social media, our aim is to educate listeners and explore any topic in the cosmetic and wellness space. We also get a unique insight into the business minds of the entrepreneurs and pioneers who have helped shape our industry. This podcast and its related publications provide news and general information about procedures and products. You should seek professional medical advice and assessment before considering any treatment. Our guest today is Cassandra Smith, a returning guest to the podcast. Cassandra is a franchisee of Laser Clinics Australia and a qualified dermal clinician down in our nation's capital of Canberra. She joined us to give us some strategies on how to look after and maintain our skin during the lockdown period. Good afternoon, Cassandra, and down in sunny Canberra. How are you today? Hello, Jay, David, doing well, doing well. Excellent. So, Cass, we've had you on the podcast several times. You're one of our sort of uh, regulars now. Um, Dave and I were chatting. We thought we would try and do something a little bit different because obviously we're all cooped up at home, stuck at home. We can't go to our clinics yeah. and get our skin care and pampering done. Um, mm-hmm. But firstly, before we get into that, what, what's life like with you? Obviously, you own some clinics and obviously you're quarantined like the rest of us. What's been happening on your side? Yeah, it's been a really, really different month for me. We were officially stood down by government direction on the 25th of March. So all three of our ACT clinics closed. Um, and for eight and a half years, I've never, never had a closed clinic. So mm. unless it's, you know, the two or three days a year that we shut. So it's been a definite change of pace uh, for me, but it's, it's also made me really appreciate my, my work and my team and my influence on my clients a lot more as well. I've, I've really realised that I take a lot of, um, I suppose, happiness out of the changes you can make with your clients. So when you're not really treating anyone, there's, um, you know, you've got to find that, that happiness elsewhere. So it's been a very, very different time, different time for me. And we're used to seeing, you know, 80 to 120 clients per day per click. And now, you know, I see my husband and my dog, which is good, but... That sort of leads me on to um, the question, which is I know we're all sort of focused on uh, the negatives of corona and the impacts on health and the economy and jobs. But mm-hmm. what are some of the positives you've taken out? Like what are some of the things that you discovered or had the time to appreciate or had the times to do that you didn't have before? Because I think we're so, we're so focused on it all being doom and gloom. But I, I mean, I've enjoyed some aspects of it. So I'm keen to see what your thoughts are. I miss my team and I miss my clinics for sure. Um, I think it's made me have a little extra time to think about what it is about the clinics that I'd like to do more of, some things that I'd like to engage with less. Um, But it's also helped me have a bit of time to be with myself. I've worked pretty much every day I possibly could since I could legally work. I think it's 15, nine months in Australia and I think I've worked pretty much every day (laughs) so it's been um, a very very different time for me I've enjoyed spending more time looking after myself and not necessarily running from task to task to task that's been really um, really beneficial for me and I think that's something that I'll be taking into the next steps post-COVID is to start looking at if I can't you know rely on myself to give myself a break to actually factor in that time and almost roster time for me to look after myself and my family because what I've really noticed is I put so much pressure on myself to continuously work hard, continuously push to the next step, the next step, the next step, 
that I find I've, I've almost forgotten that, you know, it sounds super cliche, but it's the journey that's worth it more than the destination. And I think being forced into a time to really relax and try and calm down a little bit and take the pressure of work um, off has really helped me kind of you know, reassess where I am and the goals that I'm going to have. And maybe my goals are a little bit more personal and, than what they are professional, but um, I can't tell you I'm super enjoying not working the entire time. I do love my clinics and love my job, but I have enjoyed having time to sit with a cup of tea, <laughs> not sit with a cup of tea and check emails and work out what I'm doing next and when's this client coming through, when's this staff member being rostered and all those sort of things. So that's that's been a bit of a positive. What was the um, sort of general feel and mood in Canberra? Like I don't know if it's different to Sydney, if it was mm-hmm. just life goes on just a bit quieter or how would you describe it? Yeah. We've been quite lucky in the sense that we haven't had that huge tsunami of of cases. Um, So we've been able to maintain our social distancing and um, been really lucky in our ability to, you know, control, I think the change is flattened the curve. Um, So we've, it's definitely not life as as normal. It's just a very quiet time. Canberra is very focused on, you know, like family and outdoor activities and you know, the long walks and the nature parks and those sort of things. And to have them all closed is quite sad. Like even the, the playgrounds around the corner are closed. Mm. Um, the cafes, restaurants. I've worked at, I have a lot of hobbies that involve going out <laughs> into <laughs> like a social, social situation. So that's been different. So there's definitely... Um, just to FaceTime socialising. A, uh, a friend of ours is actually, weirdly enough, we're going to cook the same dinner, drink the same wine and do it by FaceTime. So That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to make the positives out of this because I think if you get stuck in the pressure of the situation and absolutely there are some really you know heartbreaking things happening everywhere, but it is important to remember that you can only control the controllable. And if the controllable is you staying at home and speaking with your family and maybe doing random awkward FaceTime dinners, then maybe that's, <laughs> that's what we do. Um, but that's, that's been the plan for us, I guess. So um, us as a, I guess, a society in, in, I guess, in the privileged Western world, we're all fairly high mm-hmm. maintenance, myself included. Um, <laughs> I can't help but think we're going to have a lot of wrinkly, hairy uh, people that are going to be desperate to rush back into our clinics uh, to see people like Jake and yourself and, and our wonderful teams. Uh, what do you think the demand's going to be like once we hit the on button in terms of people coming in to get treatment? Do you think it's going to be, oh my God, I don't have enough staff to deal with all these people? Or do you think it's going to be quite slow? Like we're sort of all crystal ball gazing, mm-hmm. right? What, what are your thoughts? It depends what hour you ask me. One hour, I'm convinced it's going to be like Jumanji and every client is just running through the doors. <laughs> um, and the other is, you know, maybe people will be in a financial position where they have to still prioritise away from their aesthetic treatments. I do know that if you look at the state of my DMs, it's a lot of people saying, are you sure you're not treating from home? Is there any way I can come in? Just double checking. Um, but, you know, of course, the answer at the moment is no. But Look, I, I hope that we see our clients come back to the doors quickly um, and I know that we're, we're prepared to do that. The clinics are very lonely and they're happiest when they're busy. So hopefully we get that Jumanji stampede. Um, but I think also the industry is probably going to have a little bit of a shift, I think, because one thing that I've, um, I suppose, entered into in terms of a conversation with a lot of people in my industry is we've noticed that we're so fast-paced in our whole lives. Our laser hair removal treatments are taking five minutes. Our microdermabrasion treatments are taking 20, 30 minutes. Everything's fast, 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 fast. 
and maybe you know the whole COVID response may actually force people to look inwards and spend a little bit more time on themselves. We might find that our industry moves more towards you know maybe a few years ago when we were more focused on feeling great as well as looking great in our clinical skin treatments and our applications of those clinical, clinical skin treatments. So but maybe, maybe it's a Jumanji, maybe it's a slow drip, but I do think that we'll probably be looking more towards um, the self-care and the nurturing side of beauty therapy and aesthetics. Our results-based treatments will always be there. We're always going to be super motivated by our injectables, by our peels, our microdrome abrasions, our high-performance facials. But I do know that there's been a lot of a lot of discussion around should I add, you know, the hour and a half facial back into my menu? Do people crave that touch? Have we really started realizing that maybe we are a lot more touchy feely than we thought, and we're motivated more by how we feel as well as how we look? Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, we had Bob Ack on uh, for a podcast we just recorded a few days ago, and his take was similar that there might be you know a big rush for for people to come in after you know, two or three months of not having these treatments, but mm. then there may be a lull depending on the economic situation. Yeah. Um, and he was also sort of proposed that maybe clinics will have to get cheaper still because if the volume isn't there, something has to budge to sort of, you mm. know, try and be more attractive. But what, what, I don't what know thought? whether it's about getting cheaper. I think that it's about <sighs> um, the it's never been more important for the client experience to be perfect. So before we could get away with doing a quick, you know, in and out eyebrow wax or in and out leg wax, laser, all those sort of treatments that we're usually performing, now it's going to be even more important to make sure the client experience is great because our need to connect is really important. And I think that if we look at even just my career, when I first started in 2008, it was very much about the hour and a half facials, the full body massage, the spas, all those sort of things. You knew your clients like preferred tea. You knew their grandchildren's names, all those sort of things. And now we're seeing mass clients mm. and we're treating them really, really fast and we know them as per their client file. So I'm not necessarily saying I think we need to change our business model, but I do think that we need to be adding more into what we're currently doing to, I suppose, support the whole you know humanity and connecting and bonding a little more than we were before i think we're so focused on treatment numbers and speed and income rather than our connection and our influence and the results we're able to achieve both on their mental health as well as their skin health okay yeah i think i think we're all sort of um hypothesizing what might happen i mean i take on board what you're saying in terms of and i, and I agree with you that we need to be giving people that time and that and that personal connection with our treatments you know with the businesses that we're involved in that's going to require a fairly significant paradigm shift, um, mm. both in terms of like, uh, I guess, the way in which we do things, but in terms of just the whole, the focus of the delivery of treatments when we're a volume model, how do you sort of change that to being able mm. to economically be able to sustain that kind of a business when you don't have the volume, but you're still charging a low price? So I think that, I think we're all going to have to figure it out as we go. I don't think any of us know what the answer is, but um I'm with you. I'm I'm looking in in a positive direction and hope and hoping for the best. Um, yeah, yeah, but in me too. Yeah, but in terms of I guess people stuck at home, and I guess the primary reason um, for the podcast or this episode with you was the people that are stuck at home that are sending you all sorts of indecent proposals to get you to do treatments <laughs> for them. Um, I know Jake's had some of those as well. Um, is that what what can people actually do from home to take care of their skin? And I know you and I have had some 
discussions over many meals about, you know, making skincare from, from products you have around the house, things that you can do to sort of pamper and self-care during this time because yeah. up until now we've just gone to someone to get it done, right? So how, how yeah. do we do yeah. these things for ourselves? Yes, there's lots lots of different things you can do just from your pantry, to be honest. Um, the, the first thing I think I would encourage people to remember is that this time whilst there's a lot of time off can be a lot of time pressure because you think I should be doing more I should be starting that course I never started or redoing every single part of my house I should be spending more time being more productive but there's never been an easier time hopefully for you to be able to spend an extra 10 minutes on yourself so in looking at our our therapist uh, demographic we have people employed with us that are just 18 that live with their parents right through to people who have you know four children and a homeschooling as well as doing a few admin um, work uh, hours from home I'm not necessarily saying that you need to be doing full facials every single day but what I'd love to see clients and hopefully your listeners do is just try and make the everyday things you do already just that little bit more relaxing so I'll talk you through a few things that, that I've been choosing to do. And whilst they won't necessarily work for everyone or maybe they don't have the time to do every step, I do think it's important that we don't necessarily put the pressure on ourselves to do a thousand things, but maybe we can do one thing a day that just helps our mental health and maybe even our skin health um, in the way of masks. Yeah. Can I ask before you get into the specifics, yeah. what do you think about the pivot in a lot of clinics that I've seen online where they've said, hey, we're now doing online skin consultations. You don't even need to see us in person. Do you think that's um, a valid uh, way of doing it? Or do you think it's a bit of a, to be honest, a money grab? I wouldn't say it's a money grab, but what I do think is it's really important to do your first time consultation in person. It's Mm. really, really difficult to assess someone's skin via a screen. Um, if you have a client that you've been seeing multiple times and you're doing a treatment schedule with them and you're just talking them through different ways to use their home care or ways they can be encouraging that particular client to use even pantry items to assess their, to, sorry, um, assist their skin Mm. is okay. I wouldn't necessarily be doing new consultations. I don't think that's in the best, um, best interest of the client. But there's lots of different businesses at the moment that are doing a lot of their treatments from home. So they're selling um, like eyebrow tinting kits, eyelash tinting kits, um, like personalised masks at home, those sort of things. I do think it's important that businesses adapt, but I think it's important to make sure that we're constantly acting within the best interests of our clients. Do you think that you can scrutinise anything through a, you know, a phone camera or is it just the general history and the talk and knowing your client already that's the most relevant thing? I think knowing your client already is really important. Uh, there are a few things that you can be helping your clients with if they're just basic run-of-the-mill skin uh, conditions. Like let's just say someone says to you, look, you know, I'm used to having my performance facial with you every month and my skin's just lacking, mm. lacking a glow. It needs a good clean. What can you recommend I use out of my current skincare regime? Or if you're a business that's able to post them product, you can talk them through how to use that particular product to best benefit that particular concern. Um, but I don't think it's it's uh, very ethical to treat someone via the phone for the first time um, just in case, you know, you haven't had the time to really look into their skin and make sure that you've got all the information possible. That being said, there are heaps of really great um, consultation tools you can use to make sure you're asking as many of the right questions as possible, but nothing will ever beat a face-to-face consultation. Yeah, fair enough. So products in the pantry. Talk to me. What, 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 can, what can we what can we do? 
to so I guess we look what are the most yeah. maybe let's start what are the most common treatments that you would ordinarily see clients for um, in your clinics in terms of mm-hmm. say whether they be microderms peels uh, facials yeah. what have you um, and maybe let's run through what people may be able to do to try and simulate that or do something that will yeah. at least be beneficial and not like their skin go yeah. backwards at least maintain yeah, very good. Uh, so most of our clients will be looking for treatment that will help stimulate glow, organise their skin cells in terms of exfoliation um, and help with pigmentation, acne scarring and active acne. So it's looking at treatments they can do at home, which is pretty tough because we can't wheel our lasers into their rooms um, and perform the treatment. So it's trying to make sure that we've got, you know, a little bit of help for them. So if we think about irritated, red, cranky skin, um, if you've got products at home that you've already been prescribed by your skincare therapist, making sure that you're utilizing those, of course. But also, if you think about foods that really help, you'll notice that a lot of our products actually come from natural ingredients or derive from natural ingredients. So when we talk about you know nourishing and cooling products like aloe vera, you can just use aloe vera plant. So using aloe vera plant and say half a cucumber, lift that up. And uh, apply to the face for about 10 minutes. It's a really cooling and calming face mask. That's one that I use a lot. If I find that my skin is a little a little sensitive but also needs a little bit of nourishment, I'll add probably a quarter to a half of an avocado in there. Um, and you can eat all these things as well. So if you're making a salad already, <laughs> you can be, you know, chopping your salad but also popping it onto your face. A really universal um, face mask that I recommend to everyone to use is Manica Honey and Yogurt. So if you use two parts yogurt, one part Monica honey, you've got antibacterial and anti-inflammatory through the Monica honey, and then you've got your lactic acid and soothing agents through yogurt. What's the consistency of these things? Do they sort of fall off the face or do they sit on quite nicely? <laughs> so a few of the masks that I do from home, you do need to do in the bath, which sounds ridiculous, <laughs> <laughs> or over a sink. <laughs> so there's one that's really great where you use a half a mashed banana, about a tablespoon of Monica honey, and oats you just mix up with a little bit of water and then apply it to the face it's quite sludgy um but it's great in the bath because all those ingredients are great for your skin so if they happen to drop into the water it's perfectly safe um or just be aware that you're going to be a little bit messy in your bathroom mm. in terms of manica honey that's pretty <laughs> expensive to buy how much of that would you would you say you'd be using just a one-to-one like how much what's the so you'd be using two parts in the Monica honey one that I usually use, which is one that involves yogurt and honey. I'd probably use two yep. parts yogurt to one part honey. So you may be using yep. a teaspoon at most. Right. Okay. Fair enough. What about things like tomatoes? I've heard things like tomatoes with lipokine in them can be good for collagen yeah. stimulation potentially or yeah, what, exactly what we use right. tomatoes for. Uh, so tomatoes are very good in terms of their anti, sorry, anti-inflammatory and um, skin-boosting effects. If you mix it with some black pepper as well, that's really good. Um, most of the treatments that we'll do at home, they make you feel a bit silly because you're rubbing a tomato on your face. Um, but the ingredients are really important for you. So it helps with general skin tone um, and a skin boost in terms of your elasticity and your collagen production. Um, a really popular ingredient as well is using cacao powder. So using cacao powder helps um, as an antioxidant boost, but also helps with um, oilier and acneic skin. The only one I would kind of steer people a little away from is a lot of clients choose to use 
egg whites and lemon as like a exfoliating and astringent kind of pore tightening treatment. If you use too much of it though, you end up really photosensitive and sensitized. So it's important mm-hmm. that if you're going to use it, use a tiny bit, do a test patch and mix it with some some really gentle ingredients like avocado or olive oil. Presumably um, from your own clinics, you can still buy the, the normal skincare online. Are there any sort of discounts or offers in this in this period for people uh there's i think a lot of us are choosing to move online um i do know that skin institute which is the product that laser clinics australia sells is available online um and it's just educating our clients on how to maybe use those particular products a little better for them at home or a little bit more um you know calming and soothing so there's things that you can do like if you have a digestive acid like glycolic acid there's a 12 percent cleanser that we use, you can use that as a mask. Our mm-hmm. laser aid, which is our uh, aftercare cream, is also really great as an antibacterial and anti-inflammatory mask for acne clients or clients that have a sensitized skin. So there's lots of different ways of using your current skincare regime that can really benefit you. And I'd recommend anyone reach out to their skin therapists and the businesses that they're working with to say, you know, this is the range that I use. It's the, the products that I'm purchasing from you. Are there other ways you can recommend that I should be using these products to benefit me while I'm away from you to maintain my results? Yeah. And, um, I mean, I guess one of the, you know, the, the common things that people want to do with their skin are cleanse, exfoliate, mm-hmm. moisturize, yes. uh, protect their skin in the sun when they're going for their daily walk around the block mm-hmm. because that's all we're allowed to do at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> are, yeah. are there any yeah. kind of natural sunscreens or is that a bit ridiculous? Not necessarily a natural sunscreen, but I was, funny you asked that actually, because I was reading a study the other day that was, um, if you, they did a study of clients that ate 20 grams of at least 70% dark chocolate every day for six to 12 weeks and they marked them at six to 12 weeks. So what they found is after the 12 weeks consuming at least 70% uh, dark chocolate you were able to withstand double the UV. Now, I'm absolutely not telling anybody to go and do, <laughs> like, go and test this and go out and see more sun or eat chocolate every day. But it does, A, give you an excuse to eat more chocolate. But B, um, I think that it's an interesting thing to think about that a lot of our skincare is internal. So mm-hmm. if we're thinking about adding things like uh, beta carotene based vegetables so your orange vegetables they really help with skin glow and function they actually help in um, sun protection as well our antioxidant based um, treatments often use things like blueberry extracts and raspberry strawberry those sort of things Um, nuts seeds good fats Uh, the in addition to being able to do say a skin treatment for yourself maybe in the bath over the kitchen sink um, once or twice a week it's also thinking about can you add certain ingredients into, you know, your lunch salad or, you know, your breakfast or your dinner that can help you maintain the results that you, you work so hard for with your, your skin therapist? So it's things like in your salads, can you add some pumpkin seeds? In your salads, can you look at adding some avocado? Instead of having every coffee, can you do a green tea in a coffee? Because all those little tiny changes make a big difference to your internal gut health and shows through your skin as well. And you mentioned, obviously, you know, you probably wouldn't do an online consult with a new client. Mm -hmm. But if you are listening to this podcast and you don't really have a a general skincare regime, how would you sort of go about just doing something really simple at home to make a start, even if you're using the pantry um, products? I would recommend working with lactic acid, so just a natural Greek yogurt. 
not sweetened or flavoured and popping some honey uh, in that, popping onto your skin for about 10 to 15 minutes tops and then rinsing off with warm water. That will give you a light digestion but it'll also help with collagen elastin production. Um, I'd also recommend upping your vitamin C. We know that when your body is exposed to cortisol in high stress times, just like we're all living in now, it depletes your body um, of a lot of its vitamin C. So upping your vitamin C internally, um, having a look at your gut health and you know what you're, you're able to consume maybe differently to support your skin. But for those clients that don't necessarily, or those listeners, sorry, that don't necessarily have a full skin regime, look for really natural products until you can get in to see, you know, your skin therapist. And whilst they might recommend some really natural products, they might have some in-clinic treatments that can work for you. The easiest one to make by far is two parts natural yogurt to one part manuka honey. There's a couple of tricky ones that work really well, um, especially if you're looking for like a real glow and you've got an issue with hyperkeratinization, which is when you develop a lot of skin cells and you can have some dull uh, skin or uh, congested skin. If you can get your hands on a papaya, this one works really, really well. It's just a quarter of papaya. Mash it up into a mortar and pestle or whatever you have available. Um, add some aloe vera, sorry, aloe vera, uh, some avocado oil and some cacao powder. Pop that on for 10 to 15 minutes and your skin's beautiful afterwards. It tastes amazing as well, just in case. <laughs> but those little things can make a really big difference. Something that's uh, obviously really important to just overall health um, and well-being, as well as uh, in particular our skin, is water intake. And that seems to be something that yeah. we all tend to um, neglect, myself included, from time to time, especially now mm-hmm. when, when you start falling out of a routine. I know that like every day when I normally go to work, I'd fill up like my water bottle. I know at least mm-hmm. I'm getting two litres there. Very easy to fall yeah. off the wagon. Yeah, there you go. Um, Jake's got his uh, bottle there. Um, very easy to sort of fall off the wagon yeah. when we lose our routine. So what do you think people should be intaking yeah, for sure. water every day in terms of optimising their skin health to give them that glow? Because that's something that's really easy to yeah. do. Yeah, so it's also important to try and get your water to work for you as well. So adding antioxidant-based um, product into your, your water is a really good idea. So blueberries, um, blueberries, lemon, mint is a really nice water. Sounds silly, but if you put them in the bottom of a water bottle, shake it up for a little while and then consume during the day, that works really well. I think also drinking lukewarm um, water is easier to tolerate in the morning than, than drinking straight cold water. We all know about hot water and lemon. That's really, really good for your skin and your body, your circulation. Um, but also remembering too that there's a really easy little hack you can do for your skin. Rose water is brilliant in terms of a natural moisturiser. It's a natural humectant, which means that it holds, uh, I think it's like 100 or 1,000. I should have I should have remembered this one, but uh, it holds a lot of its weight in water. Um, and that can help bind water to your skin as well and keep that moisture in. So ideally you want to be drinking, you know, your two plus litres of water a day, but you can also get your water through things like green tea and that can really help boost your skin health as well. Mm-hmm. What about people that were potentially coming to see you for acne treatments and so on? Because yep. I guess that's something that is a large cohort of our clients in our clinics and people mm-hmm. are sort of on these routines like whether they be micros or blue led light treatments or yep. photodynamic therapy um Claresca, for example yeah yeah what can people do to try and stop their skin from going backwards during that time sorry jack i think i cut off one yep. of your questions no no it's fine, fine carry on you know, so that, that that's a difficult position to be in because a lot of our clients have just started treatments that do require 
step-focused treatments. So week one, we do this. Week two, we do this. It's important to know that your skincare therapist will work with you as soon as they open again and will get you right back on track really, really quickly. Things you can do in the meantime, though, is as David was saying, make sure that you're utilising your water intake to keep your skin healthy. Make that water work for you by adding fruits um, and things like mint into the water as well. When we look at acne, there's a thousand different contributors. So if you've already had your consultation, you'll already know, hopefully, what sort of triggers um, you have that exacerbate your condition. So, of course, trying to remove those things. So let's say that you were a real overexfoliator, and because of that, your body was producing more and more skin cells and more and more oil. Don't go back into old habits of feeling like I have to get super, super, super smooth and clean, so I'm going to scrub, scrub, scrub. So trying to remember that those sort of things that your therapist spoke to you about in your consultation and in your treatment plan are important whilst you're at home. Um, I know I've mentioned this a thousand times, but Monica honey and yogurt is really, really good. <laughs> but, but adding things like turmeric um, powder as well as cacao powder can really help boost your skin health and helps with maintaining a healthy distribution of oil. Um, in your skin. So turmeric being anti-inflammatory and skin brightening can really help with acne scarring. So if you're currently doing treatments for acne scarring like microneedling, like chloresca, uh, photodynamic therapy, LED, those sort of things, if you're currently doing those sort of things, it'd be a really good option for you to start upping your beta carotene in your diet. So maybe roasting potatoes, sweet potatoes and carrots with turmeric. That'll really boost your internal um, gut health to support your skin. And then looking at adding that little bit of turmeric into those face masks that you're choosing to do once or twice a week. As you mentioned exfoliation, um, particularly for people who who may have acne, what can you make at home that Mm -hmm. isn't potentially too aggressive, something that's not going to damage your skin, but just something that's light and simple to use maybe in the shower? Uh, lactic acid is, is really, really important and it's a really natural digestive acid. So that's something I would recommend. A lot of people have reached out to me and said things like, can I use brown sugar on my skin or can I use Epsom salts on my skin? Ideally, no, to be honest. Stick with natural digestive acids like in your, your Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably your best bet. Ideally, you probably have your skincare um, products from the business you were having your skin treatments with and I'd recommend reaching out to them because they may even be able to send you a little sample size just to get you through the next couple of weeks um, if they're not able to post you out a full product. Um, those sort of things are important. I wouldn't rec- recommend exfoliating via a scrub at home. A body scrub is a really beautiful idea. So using coffee granules, Epsom salts and some vanilla, uh, not sorry, vanilla, or lemon and orange rinds, that's really good. That's really detoxifying and really helps, you know, boost your circulation, especially during upward circular moment, um, movements from your ankles up through to your hips. That's really good as a body scrub, but I wouldn't necessarily use that on the face. Your house must smell amazing. <laughs> it does, it does. Vanilla and orange peel and yeah. manuka honey. Yeah. It's like... Uh, There's things you can, you can get just from your essential oils too that are really good for your skin that you probably have around your house. So, you know, a lot of people like the scent of rose, remembering that rose water is that natural humectant. A lot of people choose to clean with tea tree oil. That's great for acneic skin. And you've already got that at home. Mm. Are there any natural uh, substitutes? It's probably not, but for, for retinol or vitamin A particularly. I'd probably recommend looking at your vitamin A sources in your diet because mm. um, you can't really, as far as I know, you can't really apply it 
to your skin. Yes, unless you're using the product. Um, so using like the vegetable, I guess. But that being said, it wouldn't be the right molecular structure, I would assume, to penetrate through to your skin. Yeah. I'd be more likely to look at upping, you know, the way that you're you're eating in terms of the quality proteins that you're getting, the good fats that you're getting, um, and you know, nuts, seeds, avocado, those sort of things. Yeah. Um, something that I've been doing for a little while is um, when I have a shower, going into a shower when it's cold, and then after about a minute, flicking it till it's yeah. like cold, warm, and sort of yeah. going back Circulation and forth between boosting. extreme hot and extreme. Oh, you get out of the shower and you just feel your whole skin tingling. Like it must just apparently, in terms of uh, heat shock proteins and increasing your body's uh, circulation to your skin, it feels yep. amazing. Have you experimented yes. much with stuff like that? I have. Um, I'm not great at the cold, the cold parts, uh-huh. um, but weirdly <laughs> enough, finishing your shower and essentially finishing uh, your conditioning treatments in your hair in cold is really good because it seals the hair follicles. So you find your hair is easily, um, or I say it's easier to manage and shinier. Um, an important tip about the shower is that a lot of clients, when um, we talk to them about this, they go, oh, my gosh, I do this all the time. Don't put your face directly under the shower until your body temperature has warmed similarly to the water that you're choosing to use. Mm. It's too much of a shock on the capillaries in your face. And you'll find that a lot of clients come through um, that have broken capillaries on the tops of their cheeks, their nose, and their chin. And it's not necessarily because they have had any trauma to that area or are suffering rosacea or those sort of things. Sometimes it is just the stress of going into a really hot shower straight away uh, and that change in temperature really affects their skin. So oddly enough, go butt first, warm your body up and then turn around. So something that we touched on right at the beginning of the podcast was people are going to be extremely hairy. Uh, <laughs> after, after coming out of lockdown, we're going to look like we've de-evolved back to uh, Neanderthal uh, times. What can yeah. people do to maintain their hair? I know it sounds like a silly question. I mean, shaving. What, what's the best? Is it shaving? Is it waxing? Is it like epilation creams? Like what is it that people can be doing? Is it sort of at home little laser things that you see advertised on your Instagram every time you can? Uh, like, what? Yes. <laughs> we had to address yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> yes. So firstly, if you think about laser hair removal, you need the root in the skin. So don't right. go and wax or pluck or use any epilation uh, devices. Right. Also remembering that any device that can be sold without the proper education, training and licensing is unlikely to be as successful as using a professional machine. Take, for example, I had a client uh, just before Christmas of last year who we treated her a few times and she'd made the decision herself to go home and research an at-home IPL device. She used the device two or three times and had come back to us with blonde hair. So instead of actually destroying the hair follicle, what it did was impact the melanin production in the, in the hair. So now the at-home device won't work for her and because there isn't enough pigment presence in the treatment, so in the uh, treatment area, we weren't able to help her with our laser hair removal treatments. So if she'd stayed just with her professional treatments, she would have maintained a 5 to 25% loss each time she had an appointment. And she'd made the decision to use an at-home treatment, which had actually destroyed the melanin production for her. So because of that, the laser won't pick up the pigment in the hair follicle, so we're not able to treat her. Cass, for the people who are sort of halfway through their laser hair removal um, package, mm-hmm. let's say they bought 10 and they're, they're sort of halfway into it, yeah. are there any detriment? by having this big break or can they just step back in and, and go back to their normal cycle and get the same results? Most clients will be able to step back in. 
So every time we do a laser treatment, we target what's called the antigen hair growth cycle, which is approximately 5 to 25% of the active or the growth in the area. So regardless of whether or not you have had a break or not, the hair that we treated has been permanently reduced. Mm. So regardless of the break that you have, you will still see a loss. Now, you may see a little bit of hair come through again, but each time we treat you, you're still going to continue to lose 5 to 25% each time you'll find that the treatment span is longer because you've had to take a break and you might find that your next treatment is a little bit more bitey than usual, but it shouldn't affect your long-term results whatsoever. If you're choosing to wax um, and you move to shaving, it's not a huge deal, but you'll just need to make sure that when you choose to go back to your your beauty therapist to wax that particular area, you have enough hair um, in that treatment area to treat. Shaving is just the best way to go, really. Um, just making sure that you're shaving with a new razor, that you're moisturising your legs straight afterwards um, and making sure that you're looking after your skin health everywhere in your body, regardless of whether it's, you know, super visible. Because if you're going back into your skin therapist and you've got a lot of dead skin, it means that when you're using your um, your treatment next in your professional clinic for laser hair removal, the laser won't actually penetrate as well as it would have had you exfoliated before you'd come in. So keeping your skin fresh and exfoliated, moisturise well and continue to shave is probably your best bet. Okay. Um, what about nads? Sorry, I'll... I'll, I'll <laughs> what? <laughs> nads, the cream nads, not the body part nads. <laughs> Sorry, I Those believe you You rub on, then you rub yeah. them on. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. So where you the the hair almost like digestion creams. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, maybe Thanks a like controversial. Abort, abort, start, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a controversial uh, opinion, but I really don't enjoy um, dealing with clients' skin after they've used those particular products because they're very right. stripping on the skin. They're very um, drying to the skin. So when you're trying to restore the skin's barrier function after using those, it's quite difficult. Um, it is best, honestly, just to go on with a good old razor. Be super careful and um, moisturize straight afterwards. Cass, I've got a question mm-hmm. um, for us men. Yes. So some of the treatments you've mentioned um, are pretty, you know, they're pretty involved, mashing up papayas <laughs> and sprinkling turmeric. <laughs> and you know, some people I can imagine wouldn't do that. I know David would be well up for it. But oh, I'm, I'm already there. I'm mixing up some uh, Monica honey and uh, <laughs> yogurt. But can you think of anything specifically that men might benefit from at home? Something simple, whether it's skin or, uh, I don't know, just looking, feeling good. Well, I, I would love to think that, that the men listening would still do the Monica honey and yogurt mm. mask because it is really easy. And if you think about most of the breakfast we choose to eat, we're eating oats. Oats are great for your skin. Where yeah popping a banana into your oats, that's straight away, that's a face mask. So you're not necessarily having to do too many more steps other than take it out of the bowl and pop it onto your face. So I'd hope that the recipes would be easy enough for all our male listeners to to complete. Um, But things like sea salt, um, like Himalayan sea salt, really gently on the body as a body scrub is really nice. Mm. Um, And I found a lot of my male clients really enjoy using body scrubs and scrubs through the face. The only concern with using um, sea salt as a scrub through your face is we don't want to be too rough. We want to make sure that we are keeping the barrier as healthy as possible. So I'd probably still recommend that even though you probably want to scrub the face, don't scrub the face with um, with natural products. Stick to the products that you currently have at home in your skincare regime um, or hopefully adopt the Monica honey and the, the yogurt idea. 
But presumably that exfoliation would be good for ingrowing hairs around the neck and the beard. So that might be something that yeah. guys could do. Yeah, on rough areas of your body, absolutely, that would be a, um, a good option. Coffee granules as well, like um, in, a, in a body scrub is really nice. Just add them with your olive oil, macadamia oil, uh, avocado oil on the body as a scrub is really nice. Adding, uh, again, your lemon rind and your orange rind is really good for circulation too. Just getting back to uh, shaving for a moment, I know like one of my fears of shaving is ingrown hairs, rashes, razor burn, cutting myself. Mm -hmm. Um, What can people do to avoid or minimise those potential side effects of razor or shaving, which we've been telling people don't shave, come and get laser. So (laughs) how do we we, we make shaving safe? (laughs) Yes, so usually ingrown hairs are, um, I suppose, formed by the hair follicle walking down uh, and that's because it's got a skin cap on top. So removing uh, the dead skin cells on the top of your skin is really important. You can do that via um, your current skin health routine, which probably has been adapted to utilise digestive acids like glycolic acid or lactic acid. So using those um, particular products in that area just to keep your skin nice and smooth and and healthy. Um, Weirdly enough, there's little things you can do that don't necessarily require a product either. If you think about the fact that you get out of the shower every day and you pat yourself dry, you could give yourself a little bit of a scrub with the towel over the legs, which will just make sure that you're not accumulating too many dead skin cells, which will hopefully contribute to the fact that you'll get less or no ingrown hairs. Um, ingrown hairs can also sometimes be pustular, and Marnica honey, again, is really antibacterial and anti-inflammatory. Utilising that with aloe vera and cucumber can really help soothe your skin too. Um, so if we look at the main contributing factors to ingrown hairs we're looking at hyperkeratinization or an abnormal amount of skin cells growing quickly um, we're looking at potentially a bacterial response in the hair follicle itself um, and maybe a bit of pasture activity too so we can counteract that by using products like cacao powder like aloe vera uh, we can also utilize um, turmeric as well which is anti-inflammatory cucumber nice, nice and soothing but just a gentle exfoliation is a really good idea to keep those skin cells um, not not clogging up your skin too much. Hacks in general. So we're, we're asking a lot of people at the moment if they've discovered any hacks, I guess, away from skincare, just two or three hacks that you've discovered that work really well for you or things that, that you found uh, beneficial that you want to share with the uh, the IA world. <laughs> I don't know. The hacks. Um, Rona weirdly hacks. enough. Call them Rona hacks. Rona yeah. hacks. I like it. Uh, oddly enough, I spend almost my entire life scheduling other people's time and rostering other people around. I've actually really enjoyed having a little roster for myself. And even though the roster might be ridiculous, it might be things like tomorrow at nine o'clock, we're going to get up, have a glass of green tea, and you're going to walk your dog. But having a routine has, you know, kind of helped, like almost like a roster for myself. I'm a stupid busy person, and my brain consistently fires and fires and fires. And I will think of 10,000 ideas before it's seven o'clock. So I found almost managing myself like an employee has actually been really helpful and it forces me to to relax a little, to go for a walk with my dog, to, you know, relax a tiny bit. Um, not having too much pressure the first couple of weeks, I had a lot of pressure, um, one, trying to organise everything for the business, but also I felt this weird sense of the inactivity meant that I wasn't doing the right thing at this time. It's okay to sit with Netflix and relax. And if we think about the fact that we're trying to boost our skin health away from our skin therapist, eat a bit of dark chocolate, have a glass of green tea and watch a movie. Keep your cortisol levels as calm as possible and really look after yourself because as I was saying in the beginning of this, you can only control the controllable within your 
your area. And, you know, as we know now, the, the best thing we can do is stay safe, kind and healthy and we can control those three things by staying at home, looking after yourself, doing a few self-care rituals, which sound a little bit silly, but maybe they take you five minutes extra, can really make a difference to your personal, um, I suppose, growth in the time, your mental health and how you're able to interact with people around you. Thank you for that, Cass. Now, I've got a bit of good news. My phone's been going crazy as we've been doing this. Um, looks like our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, is relaxing. It's not directly related to us, but restrictions on elective surgery. Um, looks like Great. some cosmetic surgery will restart on Anzac Day, which isn't too far away. It's like this weekend, isn't it? Right. Um, so maybe things are going in the right direction. I'll just dangle that for the end of the podcast on a happy note. Yeah, maybe <laughs> so. We could be returning very quickly. Yeah. Well, hopefully the um, shopping centres now um, are not going to be stricken with uh, panic buying of Manika honey and uh, Greek yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have, toilet I paper have and honey to like buy my stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, I no, toilet, no toilet paper. No toilet paper and no Manika honey yeah. or yogurt. So, yes. Uh, yes. so if I anyone wants this to, <laughs> yeah, you should have. Yeah, Calipo, well, <laughs> Calipo honey, or what's the name of that company? Uh, yeah. Got it. Anyway. Yeah. Chabani um, yogurt. Chabani, yeah, we should have got sponsorship. Maybe there's a chance to get some sponsorship before we put this episode out. <laughs> so for anyone wanting to reach out and um, hit you with some, some skin questions or get some advice or they just want to say hi, can you just remind us how people get in touch with, with yourself? Sure. I've been doing a lot of little email chats of late, which has been quite nice. A lot of people reaching out saying, look, I can't get into my therapist. What do you recommend I do? Uh, via email, which has been fun. So just info at fullcircleskin.com. Fantastic. Thank you, Cass, for your time. I really appreciate it and stay safe in Canberra. No worries at all. You guys stay safe and healthy too. For our latest news, upcoming guests and episode topics, follow us on Instagram at inside underscore aesthetics. During the week before every recording, look out for our Instagram stories as we'll give you the opportunity to submit your questions to our guests and get a shout out. You can also DM us for any other information, suggestions or guest requests.